Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 12. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and has processed a good profession before many witnesses. The Amplified says, fight the good fight of the faith, lay hold of the eternal life to which you were summoned and for which you confess the good confession of faith before many witnesses. This is Paul telling his boy, Timothy. Timothy is a son to Paul. Paul has walked with God and has experienced God of all manners. And he tells his son, fight the good fight of faith. He tells him, lay hold of eternal life to which you are summoned. Lay hold of eternal life. Lay hold of eternal life. Grasp it. Lay hold of it. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you are summoned, for which you confess the good confession of faith. Now, you'll ask yourself, if Timothy is a believer, why is Paul telling him to lay hold of eternal life? The Bible tells us this is the record that we have eternal life. It's a record. It's set before heaven and earth. He says, and this is the record that God has given unto us eternal life and his life is in his son. When a man receives Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior, he receives eternal life. But there's a difference between a man on record having eternal life and a man getting a hold of it. It's one thing to say I have eternal life. It's another when you get a hold of eternal life. Somebody says, well, this is the record. It's true. It's true that you and I have eternal life by Jesus. That's the truth infallible. Nobody can change that. But because you carry the record that God has given us eternal life through Jesus Christ, by the life in Christ, it does not mean that everybody in this world gets a hold of eternal life. Not many Christians understand what it means to have eternal life. Not many Christians understand the experience of eternal life. And this is eternal life, the Bible says. That ye might know the one true God and his only son, Jesus. This is the eternal life that you might know. Get a hold of it. He's telling Timothy, get a hold of it. I know that you believe that Jesus is inside you, but get a hold of it. Get a hold of it. Grasp it. Get it with your spirit. Hallelujah. When you read the scriptures, you realize that the scriptures have a couple of prayers written, you know. Particularly, if you go to the New Testament dispensation, Paul makes quite a number of prayers for the church. The beauty is with all these prayers, many of them, they come with a thanksgiving spirit toward God. And that is why, if a man has not understood the book of Ephesians, that man cannot live a glorious life in Jesus Christ. He cannot. Because that book is there for men to understand the glorious life in Christ. Hallelujah. Christianity has been changed. And that is why, like Luke says in chapter 1, verses 1, 
He says, for as many as much as have taken in hand to send forth in order a declaration of those things which were most assuredly believed among us. He says, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. He said, it seemed good to me also that having had perfect understanding of all these things from the very first to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus. You know, I wanted to take a time to know the order of the spirit before I write. I say, many people have said in hand to write the gospels. Mark wrote, Matthew wrote. Everyone had their own direction and source and on point from which they cast Christ. Are you hearing me? And all of that is okay. But Luke wants to bring order in the things of the spirit. We're trying to set an order because we know that if the order of the spirit is not laid, men will minister out of order even in the most articulate discourses, even in the most honorable sermons, even in the most arranged services of worship and prayer the church requires a certain order if you don't grasp the order of the spirit you start to get out of order as an individual yet you seem to know much somebody say amen and that is why when you go back to Luke when he says that I choose to write to you most excellent Theophilus the next line says that thou mightest know the certainty of the things wherein thou hast been instructed you know, it's one thing to know stuff. It's another when you don't have the certainty of them. It's one thing to say God is a healer, but when you don't have the certainty of healing. It's one thing to say God can bless when you don't have the certainty of blessing. The affirmation of things. That is why the Bible speaks of men which understand not, neither from where they are from. God has not called you to understand what you cannot have a source of affirmation. God has not called you to have an experience of things that you're following as instruction in the scriptures without the certainty of those things. God wants to create a certainty in your spirit such that when you say, I'm going ahead, you're sure you're going ahead. When you say, I've broken through, you're sure you've broken through. When you say that I overcome, you're sure about what you're speaking. There's a place where your spirit starts to have a certainty. A certainty. That you can easily speak boldly. You can make a bold statement about things. And you don't worry whether these things will come to pass or not. You understand? And that's why the Bible says we speak with plainness of speech. We are not of them which hide. No. We have to reach a place where when I say that this is going to happen, it must happen. When I say that this has to appear, it will appear. Why? Because now we have a plainness. The Bible says now we speak boldly. We carry a boldness in Christ. Give me the amplified. Since we have such glorious, somebody said glorious. He says, since we have such glorious hope, such joyful and confident expectation, he says, we speak what? Very and and fearlessly. You speak freely. You speak openly. You speak fearless. Are you hearing me? You stand before 10,000 people and then you say, this man must walk. And he has to walk. Are you hearing me? You speak before people and say, this, this it's going to happen tomorrow. And it has to change. Why? Because you carry the certainty of those things. God is calling a church that is sure about what you're saying. You're not just hoping. No. You know, many Christians have a worldly kind of hope. Their hope is worldly. It carries no glory to it. Let's hope we shall get it. Let's hope we shall get the job. No. The Bible says we have a glorious hope. Are you hearing me? The hope we have carries the glory of Almighty God on it. Somebody say amen. I say the hope that we have carries the glory of Almighty God to it. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is why when Peter is talking about the hope of the Christian, he calls it lively hope. <laughs> Woo-wee. 
He calls it lively hope. It carries away in it. Are you hearing me? It carries the life of God within it. He speaks of blessed is the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope. The hope that we carry carries the life of God. It's God hoping in you. Praise God. Now, because of that, we miss out on a very important aspect of the order of the Spirit. Very important aspect of the order of the Spirit. I'll give you an example. When I just met God again, campus, university. One of those days, I was in my holidays. And I started to feel like I have to start writing stuff, you know? I have to start writing. Because um, one time, I read it somewhere, that the palest ink is better than the most retentive memory. And then the Spirit of the Lord, during that time, I said to speak to me. So I had him say, I write. I wrote the Bible. What about you, you know? That was the first day I bought a notebook. It was a blue book. I still have it. Because every time I read it, I remind myself of many things. It was many years ago, many, many, many years ago at campus. It was a holiday. And I remember that time I went there when the church had visitors. They had a deliverance week. So we went to deliverance week. And by God's grace, that day slept there on Monday when deliverance week was beginning on Monday. So I downloaded everything. And then the next thing I know, this man brings an example. He says, if a rat dies in a house, you know, even if you spray flies, the rat can't live. Until you remove the rat, the flies won't live. So the point is, there are certain things that we don't deal with, and then we deal with the surface flies when the rat is there. So he says, now this week, I'm going to teach you how to remove the rat out of your house. The rat of poverty, the rat of sickness, the rat of disease. I say, this is grace, is someone. I got a pen and a paper. I say it now. Not touching me, don't talk to me. Are you hearing me? As in, no phone calling, no nothing. They decided to teach us that when a man becomes born again, he comes with generational curses. You cross over with some things from your great-grandfather and your grandfather. I say, hey, I think this is true. Then they started to explain to us how these things work. And then they started to tell us there's demon of poverty, its name locally. The demon that refuses people to marry, its name locally. Men, I wrote notes. <laughs> the next day, I was the first there. Among the first. I wanted to be early because I felt God was calling me. I sat with my pen and again they talked. I wrote, I wrote about three or four pages. Three or four pages. From that day, I could sense a demon. I asked, what can I look at you and I say, you, you have this kind. I could diagonize. I learned to pray in that direction. Every time I would go to prayer, I would lock myself up. I even feel ashamed saying these things. I would lock myself up. And then I say, now, which demon should I be dealing with? (laughs) At least if it's not here, it's on my brother or something. We broke stuff. eh? And broke stuff. And bent stuff. And killed stuff. And we stayed in the same place. Nothing changing. Then God anointed me. And I said to go. Casting out devils. Let me tell you, I've cast out devils. I still do up to today. People would roll and vomit stuff and say, now this one is delivered. Then after one year, you come back in the same conference. She's the same woman, only grown a bit. (laughs) Then you cast out. Are you hearing me? Then after casting out, you come back again the next year. And she's the same woman, same rental, same kids, they are just growing older, a little broker, darker, you understand? 
But you see, when you cast out the devil, he goes in the dry places, seeks for a place to rest, finds none, comes back in its original house, it finds it swept, garnished, and clean, it goes back, and then gets eight more devils, and the place of that person is worse than they were before. But because it's worse, and you come with an anointing, they scream louder than they did last year, and then these guys say, this guy is going from glory to glory. <laughs> this man of God, eh? last year you rolled seven times, today you've rolled 14, I think now he has come in power. <laughs> Listen, a familiar spirit can come from your father's lineage. It doesn't mean that you've inherited it. Are you hearing me? It doesn't mean that it's in you. But because you don't know, it will affect you and afflict you. We die because we lack knowledge, not because we have generational curses. And the knowledge they were teaching us was of the demons. Are you hearing me? That year, I knew more about the devil than God. Praise God. Until I went to God and I said, God, I'm casting out devils out of people. Every day they are rolling and crying and screaming. And of course, I'm getting more anointed and more claps. You understand? But people are not free. If the Bible says, who saw the sunset free, it's free indeed. Where is this freedom? How can I fight demons over 20 years? Some people, since they were born, they've been fighting the devil up to now. They look beaten. And I said, no, there was a problem. Up to today, I still cast out devils. You've seen it in the meetings every time, don't you? But I prefer, after casting out, let me teach the Christian to stay free. Because if they stay free, they can help others. But if they stay bound, I can look anointed. Are you hearing me? But they'll stay bound. You understand? But you see, we began salvation from the knowledge of the devil. That's how we knew God. You understand? We began salvation from the devil's perspective. So we were robbed. You see, when Paul was speaking in Corinthians, he said, when I was among you, I sought to know nothing, self demonic caches and generational lineage. He said, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. He didn't say, save demonic caches and generational demons. You understand? The message says, you remember, friends, that when I first came to you, first came. Now, you imagine my first experience, if it was like the Corinthian. He says, you remember, friends, that when I first came to you to let you in on God's master stroke, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophy. He says, I deliberately kept it plain and simple. First, Jesus and who he is. Then, Jesus and what he did. That's the order of the spirit. When a man comes to Jesus... Tell him who he has accepted. After telling him who Jesus is, then tell him what Jesus did. Today you can ask a Christian, what is a generational curse? He will tell you. How many generational curses do you know? They will tell you. Then you ask him, what is the order of Melchizedek? What is the difference between Melchizedek and the Aaronic priesthood? And they don't know. Now if you don't know the order of Melchizedek, with which your priest, who resides in the inside of you, Follows. And you can't even differentiate Aaronic from Melchizedek. In the order of the things of the spirit. You affect the testament. You affect the relationship. You affect your understanding of the truth. And that's why Peter brings us to remember. He says, I even know you know and be established in the present truth. I try to bring you back. Because it's important for you to understand. What is present truth? And what is past truth? Now, how then do you know too much about the devil and too little about God? This is eternal life that you might know the one 
true God and his only son Jesus. That's his intention that you and I will know God so deeply. He says that your obedience has come aboard upon all men in Romans. He says, I'm glad therefore on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise and to that which is good and very simple concerning evil. Today, it's the other way around. We have men too good about the devil and too simple about God. You find many Christians, they know too much about demonic operation. We killed a certain order. Tell your neighbor, we killed a certain order. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, look at how Paul begins the glorious life. When Paul is talking about the Jews, he has only one prayer. Romans 10. Only one. He says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer. He didn't say prayers. He didn't pluralize. No, one prayer. He says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them a record that they have a zeal of God not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, have gone ahead to establish their own righteousness, having not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Here's one prayer for Israel is salvation. One prayer. Get them saved. Because once they cross the line, everything changes. So, you see, his one prayer for Israel is salvation. One prayer. Because he knows their problem is not issues, sicknesses, and bondage, and poverty. No, their problem is simple. They've not embraced this life in Christ. He's praying that they get saved. When it comes to the Gentile, you and I, his prayers for the Gentile church are different. They are different. They are different. Look at how he begins the life of the Ephesians. Chapter 1. Let's begin from verses 3. Uh-huh. Read. Blessed. See how he starts the letter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He's talking to the us, him and the Gentiles. If they're not born again, I'll pray for their salvation. But these are saved men. Give me the message. How blessed is God? And what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master Jesus Christ and takes us to what? He takes you and I to high places of blessing in him. Next verse. You're going to love this. Long before laid down earth's foundations, he had you and I in mind. And he had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Before he even created of the earth, he was thinking about you and I. His brain was saying, when is this one coming? Are you hearing me? When is this one coming? Everything is created in the earth and it's created because he has one man in mind. That's why you can't be asthmatic. Because air was created for you. Are you hearing me? These cats were created for you. He had you in mind. The next verse says, Long ago, he decided to adapt us into his family through Jesus. What pleasure he took in planning this. And he wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. He planned that the moment you come into salvation, it is done. He wanted you and I to enter into the celebration. That means when you become saved like this, oh, you enter celebration. You enter celebration. Praise the Lord. You just enter celebration. And that is why the psalmist says, this is the day the Lord has made. He says, I will rejoice and be glad in it. He doesn't wake up and say, oh, now today, I'll have a nice sentence. No, 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 no. He says, this is the day which the Lord has made. Give me the message. This is the very day. God what? <laughs> and he says, let's celebrate and be what? 
festive. When you wake up in the morning, you're entering like a party. <laughs> the life of salvation, you're supposed to enter into festivities. Every day you're supposed to be going to bed happy. You understand? Then tomorrow there's another one. You understand? And then you become more happy. Then tomorrow it's another one. Man, you wake up excited and say, you understand? You know, when I understood these things, I used to wake up sometimes and I get on bed. I just say, Glim, come on. Now today, tell me what are you going to surprise me with? I guess, I guess. You understand? Because you have to condition your spirit. There's another Christian out there in the world waking up and says, oh God, not today again. Let's go back to where we're at. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross. He says, we are free people. We are free people. And he says, free of penalties and punishment, chopped up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. That's how we are. And then the next verse says, he thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly. God thought of everything you needed. Everything. Everything. He said he will need a car, but his choice must be a Mercedes. I can't get him a smaller car. She will need a house. She needs it at the lake. I understand it. She will need it this way. Okay. He wants a ministry. How big? Okay, I'll do that. The Bible says he thought. God thought everything. After thinking it, he provided everything. Listen, you have everything you could possibly need. Listen, I'm not trying to encourage you. I'm trying to tell you the truth. Are you hearing me? Listen, how does a man with a million dollars walk? How does a man with two million dollars, a hundred million dollars walk? Are you hearing me? That's how you have to be walking. That's why the Bible says that if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat of the good of the land. Your obedience is wonderful. You can give your first fruit. Your obedience is wonderful. Listen, your obedience is okay, but there's a willingness necessary. I know you're obedient. You tithe. You give all these things. That is wonderful to give. But if you're not willing, you'll never eat of the good. I tell people, the place of willingness is to prepare your spirit to feel like you have. Not to believe to have. No, to feel like you have. When you start to do that, you will attract everything you need. You start to feel. You feel it in your spirit. You feel it in your bones. And that's why the Bible says that if you're serious about living this resurrected life, what do you do? You start to act like it. That's Colossians 3.1 in the Message Bible. He says, if you're serious, if you're still joking, eh, put your face down. But if you're serious... You have to learn acting like it. Stop cheap talk. Stop funny talk. Oh, we don't have money, you know. I've been going through situations. Shut up! Start acting the resurrected life. Tell your neighbor, start acting this new resurrected life with Christ. Act it. If you're broke, act rich. If you're sick, act what? Before you go to bed, oh, 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 give me panado. Oh, oh. The Bible says you're not serious. I remember days when we were in Globo, the church in Mukono. That thing, it used to sit about 50 people or 60. And we were in walls. And we used to tell them, wave on the people watching us live. And 
then we used to wave to the people. We used to say, Canada, hallelujah, Australia, we love you. Even, oh, yeah, now we're live streaming across the world. We used to drive virtual cars. I told people, now you sit in a car like this and nobody's watching. Then you start driving your car. There are days I was afraid I was going to run mad. Because I used to get my Bible. Are you hearing me? And then I put the pillows in my bedroom. You understand? And then I count you, your 3,000. You understand? And then I put a choir this side. Are you hearing me? Then I tell you, you, increase the volume. Reduce the bass a little. You understand? And I say, hallelujah. Then I start to turn to the guys. Who is healed? Tell me. What has the Lord done? In my bedroom. <laughs> In my bedroom. This one was lame. And then you pray. And then she was healed. And I say, oh, hallelujah. Somebody raise your hands. Jesus is good. I even start crying. Oh. Communication of your faith. Then I get to bed satisfied that I've done ministry. I've finished Fanero service. Look, haven't we done healing meetings? Haven't you seen the lamb walk? Haven't you seen people healed? You have to begin it from here. You act it. Are you hearing me? That's why you're not married. You look unmarriable. You act unmarriable. You talk unmarriable. You're believing God to get marriable. Praise God. Let me tell you, me, that's why I pray big, I believe big, I give big, everything I do big. You understand? I'm not coerced. I know what I'm doing. I'm in a movie. And I can't die. I can't die in the movie. I can't die in the movie. Me, I didn't know it was easy as acting. Me, I used to think you had to go on the prayer mountain every night. No! Act! Create your own world. I was telling people a story the other day. I had a friend of mine in high school. This guy was one of the fakest funnies. Eh? Guys you'd ever seen. Weird guy. Eh? Very weird. So he got some man's daughter. And the daughter was a good girl. Family church, Christian, everything. She was a good girl. This guy was the opposite of good. Then he started telling her, you know what? You've gotten the best man in the world. Now that you're marrying me, eh? your life eh? is sorted. You're going to change cars. You're going to put on the most expensive clothes. You're going to do everything. eh? Because now, me, me. He was not born again. And trust me, his wife has had everything he spoke. I've seen it. I've seen it. You understand? Learn to speak a bit crazy things. Make statements that will make a man walk away from you and say, you must have a problem. Speak so big until somebody says, this guy has a problem. Because that's the beginning of God working. God doesn't want to be fitted in small pants. No. He wants you to loosen your faith a bit. Expand it to a place where he says, yeah, this is a tall order. Listen, I anointed my countenance by claiming it because God has said it. That he anointed our what? He makes our countenance healthy. 
So me, I believe everything about me is anointed. Everything. Some guy, he has a microfinance business. So I went there to his microfinance business to pray. I went, he told me, please come and pray for it. So I sat in a seat, bah, and then I spoke words. Crazy words. Crazy. You'd run if you had. The guy came to me this week and told me, an investor came and drove about 35 to 40 kilometers to the guy's place, went in the place, sat exactly where I sat. And when he sat, he sat in the anointing. He asked him, how much do you need to make this business what you want it to be? How much? Brethren, he spoke crazy money. The American looked at him like this and told him, you know what? Write a proposal, I'll give you the money. Gwe, gwe. It's not by power. It's not by might. But it's by my spirit. Said the Lord. When, when people call you, come and pray for me. Tell them you better be serious of what you want. Because me, the moment I lay hands on you, you have to tell yourself. You have to convince your spirit every day that everything I touch, it changes. Everywhere I sit, I leave an anointing. Everything I say comes with a weight and glory that changes situations. You have to convince yourself. Don't let anybody convince you. You might never get convinced. Convince yourself. Hallelujah. Let's go back to Ephesians. He says, he sought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need. Next verse. Letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in what? In Christ. A long-range plan in which everything, everything would be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. And it's in Christ that we find out who we are. And he says, and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our upside, he had designs on us and had designs on us for glorious living. He planned, but he said, how can I get this thing working? Because I need them to live gloriously. I don't need them to be living, begging, sickly. You understand? He said, now, how can I do it? Let me send them Christ to find out who they are and how to live. He came as a sample. Are you hearing me? The next verse says, part of the overall purpose, he's working out in every scene and everyone. It is in Christ that you once had the truth and believed it. This message of your salvation. Found yourselves home, free signs, sealed, delivered by the Holy Ghost. And that is why he goes to 15. When he saw that vision, huh? give me the amplified. When he saw that vision, he says, for this reason. I sing it. When he saw what Christ was doing in your life, he said, for this reason. This is my prayer. You see now, you see why Paul is praying? For the believer. Before you know what he's praying, do you see why he's praying? When he saw the designs, the plan of God on your life for purposeful and glorious living, the pattern that Christ would set in your life, and the fact that he are completing Christ, and the fact that Christ would complete everything. You understand I'm trying to tell you? But the Bible says now in Ephesians 2, that he are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus and two good works which God has before ordained that we should, 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 should not might. Hey! Listen, you have to be a success by force. You have to be a success by force. I'm not believing for your success. It's a forceful thing. Get out of salvation. If you don't want it. Amplify says, for 
For, read, we are God's own handwork, workmanship, recreated in Christ, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us doing, taking us parts which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready. He prearranged and made ready. You see, when you read that place of that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking, listen, parts which he prepared ahead of time, taking parts which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, taking parts. You see, let me tell you something about eternity. Why Timothy has to get a hold of eternal life. The things eternal carry a distinction and this is the distinction that none are the works of God from the beginning to the end when you know God the one true God the Bible calls him the Alpha and the Omega you cannot know the beginning and the end God and you don't know your beginning and end are you hearing me when you start to yield to the spirit of Christ God starts by the spirit of truth to take you places in the spirit. Are you hearing me? To take you places in the spirit. And these places begin by what some people call carnally, imaginations. And that is why the man of wisdom tells you, as a man thinketh, so he is. Because the beginning of your imagination is actually taking you places to where you ought to walk. Where you've been in the spirit or in the mind, you'll go in the body. Ever! It's the truth. Where you've been in the mind or in your spirit, you will go in the body. If you think you're going to die, it's only a matter of time. Ah, you will die. That is what they call warfare. To refuse because what happens is that the spirit world lays reports before you. That's why the question is, whose report will you believe? Because the devil lays a report. Now, when the Bible says report, how many of you know that a report is of an event that has taken place? That's why you report. We don't report the future. In other words, according to God, he has already ordained you. Now, when the devil understood that, he also preordained your past. He played out a movie of how you ought to be. Every time he reconciles you with his script, says, how far is she with what we planned? You understand? So, when people say, we frustrate the plans, which plans? Some people think the plan of the enemy is to say, deny them food. Listen, this is a destiny issue. It's not just missing a meal. I can miss a meal, but be in line with my destiny. That's okay. My potential can't be frustrated. But my potential will be frustrated even if I eat the best food. But when I'm out of divine purpose, when I feel like the baby inside me is not doing the stuff they ought to do, when I feel that what is inside me is not equal to the man I am outside, frustration will come. It doesn't matter how I'm sleeping. It doesn't matter how I'm eating. Even the richest men in the world can be unsatisfied when their potential is not out. Until the devil kills that man's conscience to potential. As long as potential is still alive, you'll never rest. You will never rest. You will never rest until that satisfaction comes. Because every time a man taps into that understanding of potential, then you start to count your days. 
Psalms, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto your wisdom. The wisdom of God starts to reveal to you. And then you start to understand the distinction of purpose. And then you start to interpret reports more accurately against truth. Now, people claim scriptures. All things work together for good. But they don't finish that scripture. It says, to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. When you walk out of purpose, stuff can't work for good. So that's why sometimes the situation is not whether you slept hungry or going through issues of family or marriage. No, the question here is, are you in purpose? When you're in purpose, you don't worry. But when you're out of purpose, you should worry. You should worry. The togetherness of things work for them which are purpose. They love God and they are in purpose. Because when they are in purpose, it's part of the report. God working both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. You don't get shaken. Even the worst news. You don't get worried. You don't lose sleep because of the worst news. You just have to check yourself with purpose. Am I in line with divine purpose? There was a time we used to go through situations and we still do. But then you wake up and you know it's like the whole world is against you as a minister. And all you have in this world as a stint to stand before God is simple. Am I doing your will? And then he says, yes, sir. Then you get on the pulpit without any worry whether he writes or they talk or they do what or they do what. He says, for as they afflict you, you'll multiply. He had to make a provision for you and die. Because he knew that we had to get in a place where we were too far from the hand of him that is mightier. He knew it. And that is the promise he makes for Israel. He says, for a fact, they will build houses and live in them. They will plant vineyards and they shall eat of them. It shall not be hard that you'll build your own house. And then they say, ah, the moment he had finished his house, he died. No. He says they shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. Yet another can plant and they eat. Another one can build and they inhabit. God, you're not fair. Yes, sir. Get born again. <laughs> they can't eat of yours, but you can eat of theirs. I wish pastors understand this. I wish men of God understand this. <laughs> the next verse says, they shall not labor in vain. They won't preach their messages for nothing. Put it in the message version. They won't work and have nothing come of it. They won't have spiritual children snatched out from under them. They won't have their children snatched from under them. But your children are under drugs. But your children are under alcohol. But your children are under simanya arrest. Your children, physical, spiritual, they won't be snatched. Why? Because the Bible says you'll be the blessed of the Lord. And your offspring is also blessed. He had to provide for it. He knew you and I needed it. He knew you and I needed it. He knew it. He knew it. Now, listen to this eternal line. Now, reports begin this way. This is a detailed account of what transpired in the life of Apostle Grace. That's how God starts your story. God does not begin your story when you are born in the world. No. He predestinated you. So, you know your end from the beginning. Are you hearing me? That is why it's you have been blessed, not you shall be blessed. You have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness, not you will be given. So, the beginning of your story is, this is the life of Apostle Grace Rubega. How he lived the earth. Then you get born. So, the moment you get born, even the devil begins. 
This is how Grace Rebecca lived the earth. Lived. Pastors report. That is why when you become born again, you also write. You should see my visions. I don't write them as a future experience. <laughs> Me, I thanked God for Fanero before it came. I started to thank him for the numbers and the increase. I started to write those things already back. Back in the day. Because I had to learn how to report my stories before they happen. And that's when I realized that God has not called us to interpret the future more than to make it. He hasn't called us to interpret it more than to make it. That is why in Joshua, he says, when these words don't depart from your mouth, and you meditate therein day and night, that thou mayst observe to do as according. He says, then shall you make, 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 make your future. Then shall you make your way prosperous and have good success. You start to determine your future. But many men don't understand this. They're still believing God for a future. Listen, that's why he gave you the word. That you'll get a blueprint. You just copy. Okay, I can do this too. Okay, you include it. So, uh, blessed with every spiritual blessing. Okay, included in my story. You shall heal the sick. Uh, cast out devils. Yeah, I want to cast out. You understand? It's like a menu. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. it's like a menu. You choose and say, okay, now what do I want? How do I want it? Hot or cold? Okay, this is what I want. Then you write your story. He says, then shall you make your way prosperous and have good success. God says, you make, I gave you the Bible. Make your way. Christians are trying to get future interpretations of destinies they can make. Also tell me, what is the Lord showing you? <laughs> Darling, what is the Bible saying? He says, you have the sword of prophecy of which you do good to hit to it as a light that shines in darkness until the day dawn and the day star rise in your heart. The star starts to arise. The star starts to arise out of your heart. Why? Because you believe the word. You're waiting for Apostle Grace to tell you what is going to befall you next week. Yet you can fix next week. Tell your neighbor, fix your star. There's a sermon on that. Go on the mobile app, you'll find it there. You need it. You fix your star. You put it high and this is a death star, by the way. Then it only shine in the darkness. It even shines during light. It shows that you're shining in the shining. <laughs> For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness had shined in our hearts to give the what? The problems, the suffering, the challenge. No, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. That's what he did. That's what he did. That's what he did. That's what he did. Now, when you have the sure word of prophecy, whatever it says is fulfilled. That's why it's sure. This one is sure. It's not a hope. It carries a guarantee to it. Are you hearing me? Then you read through that word and you say, what do I want? This. Then you start to write your story the way you want it. And that's when I realized, when I realized the mystery of making my way, I realized that some people say, me, you know, maybe God set it out that 
I should live a simple life. Die a normal way. Marry a man, average wife, and no more children. No. I'm making my children right now here. I'm shopping my wife. What's again? I'm putting my business in line. I'm You understand what I'm saying? That is why not parent in Fanero can have a dense child. The one who can have didn't come. You can't have against children. He says, and your children shall I teach, and their peace shall be many. They shall be for signs, for signs and wonders. There will be potents. That means when you look at your child, you see potential. Even spiritual. That's so why when a man comes to submit to me, I tell them, you're so blessed. To submit to Apostle Grace, you're so blessed. Because I'm blessed. And your seed shall be blessed because thou art the blessed of the Lord. Blessed people produce blessed people. Cows produce cows. God produces what? <laughs> Truth revealed. My future. My future what? <laughs> Truth revealed. My future sealed. Past tense. Healed all my pain. And because of that. Love and freedom. Life and war. Grace that blows all fear away. The world is in trouble. As I'm speaking right now, destinies are being aligned. Men's lives are being put on course in the name of Jesus. You don't know what is happening. There's somebody who's been stuck for so long. By reason of the anointing of the Holy Ghost, come out of that stuckness. Enough is enough. Tear that report today and put it in a dustbin. That is why, listen, when it says taking steps, which were what? Were preordained for. He says taking parts which he prepared ahead of time. Listen, let me tell you one thing. One time I was going to a country and I was in a plane and I was about one hour to land one hour and then I was carried in the spirit and in that spirit spirit world I landed and I was asking God because I was going to a place I didn't want to go you know like I was supposed to go to one place to go and preach and then another and then somehow when I booked my ticket I booked a ticket to go to a place where I was not going to preach I don't know if you understand what I mean yet I had the two places to preach into or three and then I was wondering why I'm going there and then while I was in the plane, about one hour to land, I was carried in the spirit and put in the car. And the hosts were driving me around. And I saw a word, a very rare word, very rare word. And that word was of a building. And behind there, there was something 
like a fellowship. But there was something God wanted me to execute. So we land, and then I get into the car. I freshen up. So in the evening, my hosts want to take me for dinner. And guess what? While we're getting just next to the restaurant of a dinner, I see the exact word on a building. The exact word on a building. I told me, this was taking you places for you to know exactly what you're supposed to be doing here. He told me exactly what I was supposed to do. I did it, and that ministry was only to two individuals, and I flew to where the multitudes were. You understand? The life of the Spirit, that's how you're supposed to be. Can I tell you, many of you have been in places here, many times when I said that at 2 p.m., I saw an individual X, and then I identify them, and they come out. You've seen it many times. Why? Because, for example, before I come for Fanero, I'm taken to the place of the service. You understand? And then I see what is supposed to transpire. So that when I come, I'm like replaying. <laughs> Nothing is supposed to be by chance for a Christian. That is why you can't get an accident. You can't get an accident. Why? Do you know how many times I see before accidents? And then I say, uh-uh, that one guy. No. That one, no. And the next thing I know, I survive it. You're supposed to be living in future tense. To get to the world, you need to rewind. That is why many of you, many of you, go places and they look familiar. You say, but I've been here. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You meet people and you look like you've known them for so long. No, you're not delusional. You were taking steps before that you might walk in that life it's a place of faith when you start to believe it it starts to work in ways you can never imagine do you understand how serious these matters are how can your future be a mystery it shouldn't i live in my future i already know where i'm going to go i already know who i'm going to minister to i know that I know. Say it, say it, say it upon your life. Say, I know my future. I know my ministry. I know my work. I see my promotion in the name of Jesus. Make your future. Make your future. Now, that's why when Paul looks at the life you're prearranged, he thanks God. He says, because I have heard of your face, in the Lord and your love toward all saints of people. He says, I do not cease to give thanks, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus, the Father of our Lord and glory, he may grant unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the inside and mystery of the secrets of God, in the deep and intimate knowledge of him, that having the eyes of your heart flooded in life, that you can know and understand the hope which he has called you, how rich his glorious inheritance is. You see his prayer, that they may know he thanks God and says, oh God, thank you for what you've given them. Now, makes them know. Are you hearing me? And what is the next verse? The next verse says, and so you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power and in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty power. One minister told me, the anointing on our lives helps people. Listen, that power is in and for us helps men but it also helps me somebody say amen. amen go to three begin from verses eight Ephesians three same prayer give me the amplifier he says to me who am the very least of the saints God's concentrated people 
This grace, favor, privilege was granted and graciously entrusted to proclaim to the Gentiles the unending, boundless, fathomless, incalculable, and exhaustless riches of Christ. Wealth which no human being, they can say Bill Gates is worth these billions. He's talking of wealth which no human being can what? Next verse. And he says, also to enlighten all men and make plain to them what is the plan regarding the Gentiles and providing for the salvation of all men of the mystery kept hidden through the ages and concealed until now in the mind of God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Can you read it in the message, the ninth verse? He says, my task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God who created all this in the first place has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Next verse. Through Christians like yourselves gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among angels. Are you hearing me? They talk about it. Angels sit down and then they start to say, man, it's an eh? Angels, they start to say, Fanero, eh? Some of you, they are talking about your business. Put your name, your good business, your business, your chi business, whatever you want to call it. Then they start to talk. Eh? Next verse. All this is proceeding along lines, planned, listen, all along by God, and then executed in Christ. Everything about you was planned all along, and God executed it in Christ. And what does the next verse say? When we trust in Him, we are free to say whatever needs to be said. Bold to go wherever we need to go. Why? So don't let my presence trouble you on your behalf. Get you down. Be proud. Be proud. My response is to get down on my knees before the Father and do what? This magnificent Father who passes out all the heaven and then the earth. The other prayer comes. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit. There is no generational curse there. No demonies. No nothing. No nothing. Because he knows the Christian. You see, one time I was carried in a vision. And I saw Paul writing that portion of your more than conquerors. I saw in the spirit. I sensed how he did it. And I could see the man wondering, saying, What word can I put? Then conqueror came to his spirit. And he says, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. They are more than conquerors. I got out of there and I ran mad. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. He says, I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite in him and ask him that with both feet planted family in love. Give me the amplified of that. That Christ through your faith actually may dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your heart. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely in love. And what happens? That you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all saints, the defrauded people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth, height and height? Give me the message of that. 18. That you'll be able to take in with all Christians the extravagant dimensions he calls them the extravagant their dimensions but they're extravagant God wants to spoil you reach out and experience the breadth test its length plumb the depth rise to the heights live full lives full 
given the amplified of that that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience that you may be filled through all your being and to all the fullness of God that you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body holy, filled and flooded with God himself you start to walk now you're flooded with God you start to speak and you're flooded and filled with God you start to minister under the richest measure of the divine presence of almighty God how can you fail you can't fail you can't fail you can't fail brethren that is the good news that is life that is life that is life how can I fail I know my future I know my story I know my testimony it is written it is written can you speak in another tongue something that will confound the wise hey right now your future is sealed change whatever you don't want and put what you want change something put something to speak you have tongues for the bible says that sometimes we don't know what to say or how we ought to and as you pray i see an anointing <laughs> i see an anointing that is changing things it doesn't matter what you've been going through it doesn't matter how many sermons you've had. This one. Yes. The anointing of God is delivering men. The anointing of God is delivering you. Whatever it is. In this anointing. The devil can't stay. Witchcraft can't stay. Grace and peace. Grace the blood of
your destiny right now is being rewritten. You are brighter than the morning star. You are fairer, much fairer than the lily of rose by the wayside. God change your destiny. 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 God change course. In the name of Jesus. 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 Ayeleleba. Soleba Kayala. Rosa Talaba. In the name of Jesus. Destiny's change. Destiny's change. Destiny's change. Your course changes. Your course changes. Your course changes. Your course changes. Power of the Holy Ghost. Most greater than God. Jesus. Sweet Jesus. Your destiny changes. 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 Listen. Listen. There are prophets here. The power of God that changes your ministry is coming upon you right now. Right now. Right now. Right now, right now, right now, I see an evangelist here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Get a hold of eternal life. Get a hold of eternal life. Get a hold of eternal life. For which you are called and professed a good profession before many witnesses. Get a hold of it. Receive it in your spirit. Your business can't be the same. Your marriage can't be the same. Your relationships can't be the same. Your books can't be the same. and declare that that word works in our spirits. It is ours. We can't remain the same again. In Jesus mighty name. Thank you Lord Jesus. If you're here and you say I don't know Jesus I want to receive him as my Lord and Savior. I want you to repeat these words after me. Say Lord Jesus I believe with my heart I confess with my mouth 
that you died and rose again. And from today, your Lord and Savior of my life. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.